0: Hey Generation Church, we welcome you and invite you to encounter Jesus with us. We believe that through Him, we will encounter love and discover our purpose. So take a seat, lean in, and let this message fortify your faith. Well, I just wanted to introduce someone special who's going to be preaching today. Um, I think everyone in this house knows who this is. It's one of our elders. I want to go ahead and invite Tim to come on up. And I know elder. <laughs> <laughs> I know that the word that he's going to share today is going to be powerful. And so I just want to invite everyone to just fix your eyes on Jesus, focus on him, have your heart open, and be available for the Lord to move in your heart today. Make yourself available. He's already here. He's already re- waiting to encounter each of us. But it's up to us to make ourselves available. So I'm going to go ahead and just pray for him before we begin. So Lord, thank you for the word that you put on Tim's heart. And Father, we pray that your words would speak through him today. We pray, Lord, that he would walk in authority this morning. And we ask, Lord, that you would give him wisdom and revelation. And I ask, Father, that... Hearts would be encountered today through the impartation that you're giving to him. In Jesus'
1: name, Amen. Don't hold back.
0: Yeah.
1: Woo. Uh-oh, he said it, Pastor Sam. Uh, that's that's on him. Amen. <laughs> hey could I have the six people come up that was going to help me? I hope they're all in here. Uh, or Miss uh, Yo. Yeah all right so y'all tour team megan and brocky you two guys uh got some stuff here game on <laughs> all right so what we're going to do we're going to try and do this real fast so we're going to waste a ton of time but uh each each team is getting a, a glass come and grab those um uh, and, and a few uh, balls and stuff, so we can have, uh, So one person will throw the balls, one person will catch the balls in the cup. Y'all can decide which one. Whoever's throwing the balls, whoever's throwing the balls will have their eyes closed, okay? Um, so the person with the cup, so the person that's holding the cup, can you give them instructions like, hey, you know, a little farther, a little shorter, whatever kind of thing. You need to address to them, okay? So you can have like the people with the cup, maybe uh, right here the glass. Uh, Y'all just kind of spread out the three people over here, and then uh, the rest of y'all maybe, maybe like right here is good. And uh, so we're gonna we're gonna give you each uh, um, maybe like six. We're gonna try and make this a little quick, and you can you can set these down or there you go. Yeah, you're gonna like six for each team. You can set them down at your feet or however you need to do it. And then the people that are catching over there, uh, we're, we're on the honor system here. So the ones that actually you catch in the cup, just keep count of how many you have. And uh, at the end, we are playing for this $50, $50 visa card. So a little, little inspiration, a little motivation. Yeah, just got real, just got real. All right. So um, uh, yeah, you can you can move all your hands. You can't move your feet. All right, um, and you guys can't move your feet. So uh, so you you can. Uh, now we're not even get a practice shot. We're just gonna we're just gonna go for it. We you got time. Okay. So uh, kind of get your range in your mind right quick before you close your eyes, and then uh, and then you can go and. Go at your own pace there, but don't take forever. So, all right, you're ready? Close your eyes, drawers, and let's go. <laughs> Man. Wow. You can give them, give them directions, you throwers. Is that all yours? You have six? Yep. Okay. Are, are y'all all done? Yeah, we How many All right, how many, many we'd have that you caught? Zero, zero? How many do you got? You got some? Three? Three? All right. Yeah. Good job. Thank y'all so much. Um, so, $50 gift card. Goes to this team. Here you go, Megan. No, 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 no. This is the rules. This is the rules. Thank y'all for helping. Y'all are a little upset, aren't you? That was a good job. But it wasn't fair, was it? (laughs) Um, You know, we have things like that, and, uh, you know, you're just like, man, that just kind of rubs me a little bit. I know it's just a game, but it just kind of rubs me a little bit that, uh, you know, it didn't go to the person that it should have gone to, but I never said it was going to the winner. I said, this is what we're playing for. And, and in fact, you don't even know that there's actually any money on that card. Um, but there. <laughs> <laughs> um, <but y'all laughs> yeah, yeah. Y'all got to split it somehow. I don't know. Y'all go out to lunch together or something. I don't know how you do it. But, um, but the reality is uh, things just aren't always fair. But, but we get in our mind that they should be. And especially as believers, we think even more so that things should be fair. You know, I went to IHOP in Kansas City, the International House of Prayer, for nine years. And just had an, an amazing experience there. But I look online and I see, I mean, dozens of posts from people that I knew, some people that I didn't know so well but they're just completely offended and felt used, taken advantage of, felt like they were overlooked, all these different kind of things. I mean, not just like, hey, this stunk, you know. I mean, to the point that, like, I'm done with God kind of stuff. And, and, I'm, and I'm like, that was totally not my experience at all. It was far from perfect. There was plenty of things to be offended by, and as, as there is everywhere. But I was like, man, that's just not my experience at all. I just can't even understand how it would be so offensive that you would walk away from God, you know. And uh, just this whole, uh, I think it's called deconstruction movement. I don't know if you heard of that. I mean, so many people throwing themselves into this because, like, the the religion that they were brought up under, it, you know, it just it wasn't fair, you know. It, it didn't fit their needs, it didn't meet them, all those kind of things, you know. And um, the reality is that where in the Bible does it say that life is going to be fair? You know, where did we get this promise at? Where did we um, find ourselves bumping up against this place and Jesus steps in and is like, oh, no, 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 let's, let's even out the scales a little bit. That's a little too much here, a little, little too small there let's go ahead and balance it out this is never what he spoke to us you know he never said that things were going to be fair he he um he steps in and he says I'm am I enough am I enough you know there's a scripture in Job 21 I don't know if this is one of the ones I gave you or not Job 21 7 through 13 and this is kind of the picture uh that we get when we think about life sometimes It says, why do the wicked live on, growing old and increasing in power? They see their children established around them, their offspring before their eyes. Their homes are safe and free from fear. The rod of God is not on them. Their bulls never fail to breed. That's great news right there. Their cows calve and do not miscarry. They send forth their children as a flock. Their little ones dance about. They sing to the music of timbrel and lyre. They make merry to the sound of the pipe. They spend their years in prosperity and go down to the grave in peace. And that's really the kind of the picture that we get a lot of times, you know, when we think about life and we look about the situations that we've walked through, the relationships that we've lived with, you know, the the parents that we grew up under, the, the, the churches that we've been to, you know just this picture of, like, why, why do I do all of this? Why, don't, why am I the one that's always giving and giving? And it seems like nobody ever uh, invites me back. I can get real personal, right? <laughs> I'm going to uh, uh, just uh, thoughts that I've had, you know, just like, I mean, just, just the constant, you know, the little things of, like, why, why am I always the one that's making an effort, you know? Uh, I, I mean, so many things just ramble through our mind. And when we think about this reality, that just things just don't seem fair a lot of times. And I want to look at a couple of uh, pictures. uh, First, in Genesis 4 and uh, verse 6. And this is, you know, Cain and Abel. The scripture, Genesis 4 6 says, Then the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. So this this picture, you know, Cain brought his offering to the Lord. Abel, his brother, brought his offering to the Lord. The Lord was pleased with Abel's offering. He wasn't pleased with Cain's offering, and they're, you know... It can be a reason we can get into why, but that's we don't have time to dig into that. The the, the primary focus is here is, is that um, the Lord wasn't pleased with Cain's offering, and he approached him, and he said, hey, I'm not pleased with this. Cain got offended, and then God came to him, and he says, why are you so upset? What's wrong? Talk to me. What was Cain's response? Silence. He didn't have a conversation with the Lord. He didn't vent he didn't complain he didn't ask why are you upset with this why are you not receiving my offering what can I do to change he had no conversation with the Lord and then you skip over to the book of Job and um, look at the difference there in in his heart he had a wild conversation with God through all he went through he, he, his friends come over, starts engaging him. He starts having this long, drawn-out conversation. And his conversation was incredibly, shall we say, flowerful. Um, it was intense. And I, I started to pick out a bunch of scriptures. I'm like, I know we're not going to have time to, to, to throw all of these out. But if you read through the book, you know that, I mean, he's like, what is wrong with you? Why are you, why are you attacking me? Why have you made me your enemy, talking to the Lord? Like, I wish I was never born he has a a scripture where he says something to the effect of, can you just look away from me uh, long enough to let me swallow my spit? Like, I mean, just like, just give me like half of a second, you know, that you're not focused on me and persecuting me. He has, having just incredible things that he says in there. But at the very end, when the lord approaches him you know he goes through a whole big thing but the one thing that he says about that whole conversation was in all of this job did not sin and i'm like i i, I think maybe a little i mean come on You're like, i think you might be stretching it a little bit uh some of that stuff i read was sound pretty intense and offensive to his lord and he's like but he didn't sin in any of this and that really just strikes my heart like Wow, that was, I mean, he, he laid it out there. I mean, he got really vulnerable and real and angry and questioned God and, you know, just the whole, the whole thing, just went through the whole gamut, I mean, for like 40 chapters. So it's just intense. And so the difference there you look at is like Cain was approached and he, he didn't have a conversation with the Lord. But Job did. And at the end of it, Job received blessing. He received, you know, all these kids and just fruitfulness and, and, and uh, you know, resources and all these kind of things. The Lord just blessed everything in his life because he, he went through that place of just saying, look, man, I'm, I'm upset with you. Like, I don't like this. I think it's wrong. I think it's not fair. All these kind of things. But at the end of it, he realized but you're God, and you're enough, and that's okay for me. Cain didn't do that, and I think what we end up with so many times is we think, um, there's a a thing where we do deliverance sets and inner healing sets and stuff. We do this thing called the the open chair, and it's a place where uh, we're dealing with unforgiveness, and the thing that we do uh, there, which is really critical, is Uh, I'm offended with dad. All right, let's pull a chair up. We're going to pretend that dad is sitting in his chair. It's not some kind of weird, yokey, spiritual kind of talking to the dead thing weird. It's just a thing that kind of helps you kind of feel like you're having a conversation you know, with a person. And so we say, all right, we want you to talk with dad out loud in front of us and just tell him all the things that he did, all the ways that he hurt you and offended you, what you needed from him, what you expected from him. And then we go on into, you know, forgiveness and different things like that. But the the point is that so often when we get hurt and offended and broken, we never have a conversation like that. We never actually sit down and think about, like, all the ways that this really hurt and how it made me feel and, and what I really needed from you as a dad or as a leader or as a spouse or whatever it might be. We, we never kind of have that conversation, so we never get to, uh, we were just talking about this little part this morning about, we never get to actually explore our emotions, explore our feelings, explore how things hurt us, how they affected us, and and what we think about ourselves, what we think about others, and how we use that to filter all of our relationships and all of the decisions and choices that we make going forward in life. And so this this thing, uh, the, the difference there is critical. It, and what God is calling us into is this place of just bring it to me. Like, you know, we had the uh, we had a deliverance set in, in Casey one time. We're in the, I don't, I don't know if you're familiar. It's a prayer room. There's a team up doing worship 24 hours a day. in, uh, in there's a big room. You just come in and go anytime you want, day or night, and just pray or read your Bible or sing along with the worship, whatever you, you want to do on the, around the back and sides are these little side rooms, kind of like the nursery room. And you can use those for meetings and different Bible things and stuff like that. So we're doing an inner healing set in the very back one over here. It's, it's a pretty big auditorium. And, it's, you know, it's got glass walls so you can see in, but it's, it's a little quiet. Um, and the music's really loud. So, uh, so we're having a set. We, we have a guy, he, he'd had uh, just gotten molested as a kid. This is a big dude, big dude. And, uh, so we're, we're telling him how, how, we're going to go into unforgiveness for this person that did this. I, I said, I don't know if I should have said this. I, I said, Hey, bro, don't church it up. I mean, let's, let's, let's just get real. Let's just share your heart and, 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 and don't, you know, feel like you've got to say things real flowery and, and holy and all that kind of stuff. Like let's, let's just, let's just deal with what's in your heart. Well, he listened to me, um, and he got free, and uh, so he, with uh, the, you know, the open chair, he got up and kicked the chair across the room, and uh, which got our attention real quick, and then he, he just starts screaming, you know, and, and, uh, and already people in the room are kind of like, what, what is going on? Then he starts just cussing. And I mean, yelling, I mean, he really was just touching, you know, some just real painful, hurtful places in his heart and and I'm looking at the guy that we're, you know, ministering with, I'm like, what, what do we do? Do we do we stop this? Do we let him go? I don't know, like, everybody is like, like, now we're like four rows up, is turning around, like, going, what in the world is going on? I mean, even with all the music, everybody's like, what is happening over there, you know, and, and we're both just kind of like, you know, taking a step back, because he's, he's just letting it out, and, uh, but that, that place, you know, just brought him such a measurable healing. I think some other people in the last four rows probably needed healing after that. But, uh, but I'm telling you, that guy got touched from the Lord. And it was just a, a place where he was able to just open his heart and just jump out there and take the risk and begin to feel his motions in that place and allow the Lord to just deal with it. And, you know, similar to Job, I, I'm sure the Lord wasn't saying, all right, um, that was good. Next time, let's tone it down a little bit. Let's watch the, uh, the, the, the cussing bombs. And uh, no, that, that wasn't the conversation I'm sure the Lord had with them. The Lord was like, that's what I've been looking for, you know. Just that place of just being real and just sharing your heart. And I want to speak to that. Because, the, the, you know, the reality is that's what his emotions were. And that's whatever our place is, that's what our emotions are. And, and, and you can kind of uh, soft pedal it and, and miss it and step over it because you think that that's the right thing to do. And, 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 and I'm not saying let's, let's all, you know, at the end of service, let's come up to the altar for prayer and let everybody just start screaming and cussing. That's, that's not even at all what we're looking for here today. Um, Sam and Eliza will come back early from sabbatical, so uh, we we don't want that. Um, But what I'm saying is, like, let's let God into that place, those raw places of pain and of hurt and of discouragement and disappointment and anger and frustration because life isn't fair, you know? Just let him into those places. And what happened in that reality with with, uh, Cain is that he... He had a spirit of murder that came on him because of that offense, because he didn't deal with it. He kills his brother and then suffers all the repercussions of that. What we do when we step into that place, hopefully there's not any physical murderers in here today but um, or any murderers to be, but we do step into a spirit of murder in our hearts. And what happens in that place is because of the place of it, it wasn't fair, You know, we step into this place where we begin to start murdering, killing opportunities, killing relationships, killing ministries, killing occupations, all these different kind of things because our heart is offended and wounded and broken. And in that place, when we don't take it to the Lord and receive healing and restoration, we begin to start killing stuff in our lives. And we think that I'm probably I'm, I'm skipping all around on my notes here but uh we'll just go with it but but in that place we think that we can compartmentalize you know those issues in our life we think that in that place that we can say hey look you know my my dad left us you know when i was a kid you know right when i was you know just 10, 11, 12 years old, you know, and the wounds that that causes and all the questions that come about, you know, or my my spouse divorced me or whatever kind of thing. Uh, we, we think that we can take that and we can compartmentalize and we can just shut that over here in a closet and close it up and say, look, I'm just, I just, I don't have the bandwidth to be able to deal with that right now. Like I've got financial issues. I've got problems at work with my job. I, my kids are this. My my, you know, boyfriend or girlfriend is, is, you know, wearing me out on this kind of thing or whatever it is. My health is, is bad. I'm, I'm tired. I've got, I'm 55 and I've got two little kids. and I don't, I don't know why that happened, uh, but... Um, I'm exhausted all the time, you know, it's like all these different things. So we think that we can just take that and say, let's just put that on the shelf. Like I've got too much other stuff on my plate right now to be able to deal with this. And we think that life is transactional, that, that we can I can put $10 into this area and I get $10 back in a different way. That's not how it works. Life isn't like that. It's not transactional. We can't say I invest into this and this is what I get back and no sometimes you invest and you invest and you invest and you invest and you don't get anything back. sometimes it feels like you're the one that's uh, not doing anything and, and and you're just getting blessed blessed blessed. usually we feel like the other people are like that but um, but the the thing is that what the Lord is calling us into is the reality that that you, you can't section off areas of your life because it's, it's not timely for that kind of thing. Because the, the reality is that we think that, all right, if I put this on the shelf, I'm going to be okay to deal with these other things. And we think that that is not going to influence our choices and our decisions in all the other areas that we're dealing with. But it's, it's, it's wholly untrue. Because even whether, whether we're conscious of it or not, that thing is influencing every choice and every decision that we make in some way, in measure, and we and we don't recognize that a lot of times. But but we we make choices um, as someone comes and uh, does something like whatever they just uh, they just offend us and they and they wound us, and we take that posture as just like you know I'm I'm just I'm just done with this. You know, I just, I can't process this. I can't deal with this. I'm tired of being the one that always goes the extra mile. I'm tired of being the one that's always giving. I'm tired of being the one that's always inviting this person or, or or helping this person. And, and every time that I feel like I need some help with something, everybody's gone. Everybody's busy. I'm tired of being the one that's always like, you know, forgiving. And the other person always seems to be the one that's offending. I'm tired of being the one that, that always uh, is serving. And, and whenever there's a promotion that comes up or there's a position, I'm always the one that gets overlooked. You know, all these different things, you know, that, that affect our hearts and wound our hearts and wound our spirits and we think that we can just put those on the shelf, but God's saying those, those things are coming back, and they're affecting our lives, because when you, when you get offended and wounded and hurt in places because things just don't seem fair, um, we begin to murder stuff. We begin to, uh, you go to a ministry, you, you volunteer, you serve, and then all of a sudden you get canned. You know, they say, I don't think you're really fit for this, and you're like, I'm the one that was doing all the stuff. Like, I'm the one that was doing all the work, you know. And that person over there, you know, I don't want to name names, but his name's Robert. And uh, that guy doesn't do jack squat. And you made him the leader of the team. Like, he does nothing, you know. um, But... But that place where we're walking into that and we we think we can uh, just, you know, just shut it down and stuff, God's saying that that thing is going to come back and it's going to affect you. And we've got to get to that place where we recognize that things aren't going to be fair. God never said that we're going to be fair. There's going to be places of injustice. There's going to be those times when we get overlooked. There's going to be those times when we get offended and, uh, we can't step into that place of just saying like, dude, I'm just done. Because in that place, when that kind of thing happens, what we start to do is we, we get the spirit of murder and we say, look, I, I'm done, man. I'm, I'm not going to serve again. I'm done serving in church. All it brings me is frustration and disappointment and discouragement. So now we've murdered a place of opportunity and maybe it's a, a, a job. Maybe it's, a a, a wounded relationship where someone hurt us and we're like I'm never dating a person like that again I'm never going to get married again maybe you have a miscarriage I'm never going to try and have a kid again all these different things you know whatever our issue that our pain that we've walked through and we start murdering things in our lives and the reality is that we've now closed the door to opportunities well maybe you went to a big church and you got wounded and stuff and I'm never going to a big church again. And God is bringing this thing to your 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 focus. He's like I want you here. I want you here. And it's like that's that no. That I don't do that. I'm not going there anymore. This is what I'm doing. And God says, "Well, your spouse is at that church. I want you to meet them. Well, you've got cancer and there's a guy named Robert that uh, screws up a lot of stuff, but he also actually has a profound uh, anointing for healing, and and I want him to pray for you and you heal the cancer. Do you, you see how there can be opportunities in the in those places, whether it's a, a you know a, a spouse or something, someone you married, uh, you know, and it just went horrible sideways. And I'm never going to do that again. But God says, I've got something for you in a marriage that you're not going to believe. I mean, it's going to be unbelievable what I want to do. But we've closed that door. We've murdered that opportunity in that area in our lives and chosen not to walk down it. And so we've shut so many doors of opportunity for God to do things. doesn't mean that it's going to be that specific thing, but you get the point. We have to recognize that uh, God wants us to be open to where He wants to lead us, and sometimes those places of offense and those places of hurt are for a purpose that He takes you back into that same uh, that same little river to drink again. To say, "I want you to I want you to witness and experience the reality that I am in charge, and I make the choice and the decision whether you get blessed or." or whether you walk through trials and tribulations. But I want you to know that everything is possible. And if you don't see me take you through something that's really tough and really difficult, and then take you back around the the block and back into that same thing, and let me show you what can happen when, when you trust me. And walk in, in, in faith and, in, uh, and be obedient to that little urging of the Spirit, you know, that I'm pushing you into. And let me show you how I can be Abba. You don't get to have that testimony going forward, you know. Those testimonies are crucial, that, that we walk through something, it was difficult, it's hard, it's traumatic, all those kind of things. The Lord brings us back, walks us through that same thing, and then blows our mind with the stuff that He does that he does, but we get to have that testimony and share that, not only for our own hearts, but for people that are around us. You know, there's a scripture in John 8, uh, John twenty one eighteen, and I think this is one of the ones that's up there, but uh, it's uh, the Lord talking to Peter. He says, very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted, but when you're old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. And then he said to him, follow me. Peter turned and saw that the disciple whom Jesus loved was following John. This was the one who had leaned back against Jesus at the supper and said, Lord, who is going to betray you? When Peter saw him, he asked, Lord, what about him? Jesus answered, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? You must follow me. And so when we look around, sometimes we see people we feel like everything that they do is blessed and everything that I do is cursed, you know, where, where's the balance? You know, I'm, I'm not like some, uh, wicked unbeliever, you know, I'm walking with the Lord. I'm trying, I'm trying to live a righteous, holy life and love God and love people and stuff. Where is the balance in that? I don't understand it. And, and, and Jesus, you know, says that to Peter, Peter, he just, he just told him, he's like, Hey. Bro, um, yeah, by the way, you're going to get uh, jailed and crucified and everything at the end of your life. So keep, keep serving me. Um, I mean, that's going to be why you're going to get crucified. But let, let's keep doing it, you know, walking on out. And, uh, you know, it, it'll be good. It'll wash you all out in the end. And, and he just tells, you know, Peter this. You're going to get crucified. And he, he looks at John and he's like, well, you know, what about him? He's like, you don't worry about him. What if I bless him with everything that you don't get all the rest of his life and, and you get the crucifixion? He's like, you don't worry about that. You follow me. Well, how is that fair? <laughs> but Jesus didn't say that, you know, I, I'm come, I've come to you know, make things fair. That's not what he came for. He came that we might walk the path that he has for us, that the, 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 the clay doesn't get to tell the potter what to make with it. He says, you come and walk the walk that I have for you. And you see the glory and the joy that I have for you, the treasure that I have for you. So we can kill that place of opportunities. We can kill that place of service to God when we get offended and we don't allow the Lord to come in and bring healing. um, That place where the Lord says, you know, You know, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. What does that mean? It means he wants to draw us into the place where he begins to take those things from us. He wants to draw us into the place where you're not carrying all that load. And we think that we compartmentalize and we think that we put it on the shelf and it's not uh, affecting us. It's not bearing any bad fruit, but the reality is it always is. It always is. It's affecting our decisions, our choices, how we see things, our perceptions, all those kind of things. The other place that we can, uh, that we can shut down things is when we, when we get uh, wounded. One was when we feel like other people are being blessed and we aren't. The second thing is when we get wounded and we get hurt and we, get, we suffer trauma and all those kind of things in our lives. And in those places what happens is we begin to murder our identity we begin to kill the places that made us who we are we get hurt in a relationship and we say i'm never gonna be vulnerable again we we get uh ran over and we say i'm 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 never gonna be the one that's uh not in control we get overlooked, and we're like, I'm never going to be the one that, uh, that takes a risk and steps out again. All those kind of things, on and on and on, fill in the blank. All those different kind of things. We get wounded in those places, and we begin to kill areas of our life. And we begin to kill areas of our heart. And we begin to kill areas of our destiny and our calling. Because now we're not who God created us to be. You know, I, I feel like one of my anointings is the spirit of joy. And I've touched that at times in great ways. And the other 99% of the time, I'm way far away from it, you know. And, but when I'm in line with him and, and communing with him, you know, that thing just, it flows. And it comes out of your heart. And, and when we begin to kill little places of our heart, I won't be vulnerable. I won't take a risk. I I won't uh, step out there. I'm not going to be walked over. All these different kind of things. It begins to kill those places in our heart. And the places today where, um, you know, so much of the enemy is coming against identity. It's, you know, hey, you know, you're, you're different. You can, you know, be a man sleeping with a man and a woman sleeping with a woman. And that's okay. You know, that's you. That's who you are you can uh be a boy or a girl or a whale or a baby kangaroo or whatever you want to be you know just 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 go with it we know the reality is that that's not who they are that's not who we are and but the enemy comes in and those things come out of trauma they come out of abuse they come out of neglect they come out of all different kind of reasons why we get in those places you know um but the reality is, is when we don't allow the Lord to come in invite him in to that place to bring healing and resurrection, we begin to murder, like Cain, the places of our identity. And we, we don't operate in the reality of who we are. And when we do that, we, excuse me, we shut down relationships. We close off our heart. We shut down our dreams. We shut down our expectations, we shut down the place of hope that 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 I can walk back into this place again. I may have just you know gone through a horrible divorce, you know, and and, and it wasn't what God wanted for me, but I feel like the Lord is really directing me in this area to step back into it. You know, if we shut that those places down, we, what we do and we shut down the place that there is expectation that not only can I go back in that and, and be okay. But even more than that, I can go back into that and it be supernatural. And it'd be unbelievable and more than I ever thought or dreamed or imagined because that's where God wants us to live. In that place of expectation and hope and desire, the wonder of God is that, that, that He wants us to approach Him in our places of prayer and intercession and be bold. The Word says that I boldly approach the throne of grace with confidence. He wants us to approach those places with boldness and say, look, this is what I'm looking for, you know, and I'll be good with this. But I'm going to go in and ask you for five times that, you know. I want this and I want, you know, uh, the Maserati in the swimming pool and, and the kids and, uh, and the hot wife. I asked for that and I got one. How about that? Um, whatever it is he's he's like he wants us to approach him in our intercession in our prayers with bold faith that you feel like you don't deserve if you're praying for something you feel like you've earned and you deserve you're not praying right he wants us to approach him in that in that area that we recognize and we realize by by sitting in his presence that he's abba and he wants to bless us at times more than what we're comfortable with and if you've never experienced that, I want to encourage you. I, I have, uh, at least once that I know of this in my head right now, I've experienced blessing that I was uncomfortable with. I, I didn't want it. I wanted to sh- kind of shut it down. And God said, suck it up, bro, um, because I'm, I'm, I'm running this thing right here. And uh, but if you have an experience, I want you to encourage you to step into that place and begin to invite him into the place of pain and hurt and trauma. Tell him, tell him the ways that you've you've said, look, I'm 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 done. The, those places of brokenness where you've just said, I'm done. I'm I'm not doing this anymore. I'm finished. I'm I'm done trying. I'm done trying to, to be the one that steps out. I'm done trying to uh, be the one that, that uh, put on a good face. You know, let's get back out there, champ. Let's go at him. You know, I'm done with that. Is anybody, am I the only one that's ever had those moments? God wants you to invite him into that place. And, and just be raw and real and genuine. And don't church it up. Just don't do it in here. But, uh, but just get real with Him and invite Him into that place and say, God, here's the five places I've shut down in my life because I just felt like I can't. I don't have the bandwidth to do this. And God's saying, you know, we, we think that we can shut down this little place over here and it not affect us and just, so I can, just so I can get by. <laughs> and do these things, and just make it. And God's saying, that thing is killing you right now. That thing is dragging you down so badly in ways that you can't even possibly fathom. And I want you to come over here, and I want you to bring this thing to me. And I want you to share it with me. Invite me in and just have a real conversation. Because in that place, I want to draw you in. There's a scripture, uh, Isaiah 30. It says uh, in verse 15, this is what the sovereign Lord, the Holy One of Israel says, in repentance and rest is your salvation, in quietness and trust is your strength, but you would have none of it. This is a place of making choices and decisions in our lives without the influence of those areas hindering it, whispering doubt and fear into our lives. He says the quietness and trust. And rest, uh, repentance and rest alright so we've got all this stuff that we've broken we've killed in our lives all these places of pain and trauma that we've tried to push aside that we haven't dealt with so, so what do we do with that it's not fair it hasn't been fair and the little, you know, little daily tip for you today that is totally free it's not going to be fair tomorrow or the day after that either just so you know So so how do we do it? God is saying, bring that stuff to me and unload it in my lap and let me begin to carry it. Let my yoke and my burden begin, begin to be yours and just draw into me and just get into my presence. If you ever have one of those times where those... You know, there's little seasons, you know, maybe sometimes really short, maybe just sometimes just one prayer time where you just somehow a song came on and it just drew you into this place with the Lord where you just began weeping and crying and you just felt the Lord just ministering. Maybe it was at the time when uh, of salvation. Um, you just begin weeping and the Lord just began to minister to your soul, the refreshing that comes in that place and where just everything seems to just disappear in that moment, you know? And everything just seems to be, wow, this is awesome. He says, that's where I want to draw you. A place of quietness and trust, repentance and rest. How do you go forward when life isn't fair and you've suffered all this trauma and tribulation and pain and hurt? And you know in your head that there's more to come. He says, you draw into me, you invite me in, you let us have a conversation about it. And he says, you let me take it. And he says, I will in that place become Abba. I'll in that place, I'll come and I'll have a, he says, life isn't transactional. You don't get to decide what you put in and what you get out. But he says, life with me is transactional. He says, You come to me, you bring me a bunch of junk and baggage and hurt and pain and anger and disappointment and discouragement and bitterness and unbelief and all those kind of things. He says, I'll give you wholeness and refreshing and hope and expectation. That's the way he conducts life, that's his economy. And that's what he wants to draw us into. And he wants to draw us into that place. You know, that song that I played at the beginning is pretty intense. Uh, Misty Edwards' Intense. It was a little, little wild to start off the, 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 the time today with that. But the, the, the she says, you know, I don't want to be offended when it all starts coming down. Baptize my heart with your fire. And he wants to come and he wants to baptize our hearts in that place of fire. And he says, you know, that 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 fire, you know, that fire isn't your trauma and your pain and your hurt and your discontentness and your your unbelief and all that. That fire is his presence. And it doesn't make sense, but when we get in that place, it just overwhelms us. I mean, you look at those stories in the scripture where angels came or Jesus came and presented himself, they fell on their face like they were dead. terrified because of the power and the glory and the holiness of what they were encountering. And so it doesn't make sense that that's how things happen, but that is how it happens. And that's what the Lord wants to draw us into. And you say, well, that didn't seem like that's really enough. But when you step into it, you'll realize it is enough. When we step into that place, and it's so counterintuitive. Let me just stop in the middle of all my pain And uh, I'm about to lose my job because, you know, I've been late, you know, twice this week. Oh, let me go ahead and be late again today because I'm going to spend 20 minutes with God, you know, before I go. I'm preaching to myself right here in this. It's just that place of just recognizing that the the counterintuitiveness of just the the kingdom of God and his economy is so hard to grasp sometimes. And he says, you know, you want to make things logical, and the reason you want to make things logical is because you can do them without me. There was a, a quote I heard on, I think, one of the Bethel podcasts. He, you know, I'll probably butcher it, but he, it was something to the fact that the, the scary thing isn't um, The scary thing isn't how much we get done without God. The scary thing is how little we get done with God. And so the reality is, I've got God. I'm walking with him, whatever. But he's like, you, you're not inviting me into anything. <laughs> like, you he, he got, got the name riding on the tag, but you're not inviting me into the process. And so the, the, the reality is God wants to, he wants to be invited in. He wants to touch and affect our hearts. And he wants to show us that he says, my economy, when you get in my presence and then uh, under my anointing and my presence— He said, I'll I'll blow your mind with how easy it is to walk with me. That doesn't mean you're not going to have pain and fear and doubt and all those kind of things. But the reality is that you're going to see something that's so much greater and so much more divine and so much more life-giving than you could possibly have imagined that all those other things become quiet. And you enter into that place of rest, that place of trust with the Lord that you're in this with me. And you know what, God? You're enough. You're enough for me. So we're going to take a, a short break, and you can go and get your kids if they're up there. We're going to have a, a greeting time. But as we go in back into worship, and I want to, when, whenever you come back up, I just want to give a quick little uh, teaser thing uh, before we go into worship. But the reason that well, I don't know why Sam and Eliza shifted the order of service. But, but for me, I always thought that this was the most effective way to do ministry uh, or church. Um, the, the, the reason is you get a word from the Lord. He begins to speak to your heart instead of like, oh, maybe I'll run up for a quick altar time, you know, for a minute or something. And I'm out of here. You get a word from the Lord. We can go into worship times. So I want you to understand this is altar time. So you can sing and you can worship and you can dance or wave reverence, or you can come up to the altar and spend 45 minutes laying before the Lord on your own. You can kind of wave your hand or, or wave to us. We'll have a team come up and pray with you. That, that's the kind of the, the bonus of this time is now you've got 45 minutes of worship time to just take that word and just begin to question, God, what does that mean to me? What are you saying to me? What do you want to do in my heart? God, where's the healing that you want to bring? So I want us to, to understand that, that this, this worship time is not just let's sit in our seats and let's worship, which is great. And that's, and that's fine. But, but if you want to spend some time just dialing in with the Lord, according to what he spoke to you today, I want you to take advantage of that, that time, okay? So we're going to do uh, like five minutes or whatever we're going to do. Whatever we do at this time. And uh, go and get your kids. And God bless you. Yes, ma'am. Joe Jane. You you oh, yeah. Because I'm saying, oh,
2: Lord, how long? You know, how long am I going to have to put up with this wicked world? And so you have told us this morning how to solve that problem, and I thank you. But you've also tied your message into what Rick told us a few weeks ago. He said, are you ready to meet Jesus? And that's what you're telling us. Get your act together because he's coming back. Now, after the way we get ready, To meet Jesus, one way is to be obedient to the Ten Commandments. And so I have here the Ten Commandments in verse. And uh, they're so simple a child could do them. And so would it be all right if I lay these in the back? And anybody that wants a copy, just take, you know, take it and my daughter gave me a printer and so don't worry about running out because i'll make some more I'll put them okay thank you now i don't want to break the spell that you have put you have put this heavy attitude of prayer and petition that we want to enter into now and i just love you so much and thank you. Thank you for that word because you were really laboring to help us get what we need. And that's the joy and the peace and the love. And you know one day I looked in Revelation and it says because you have persevered to obey my command to endure so God bless
1: you. Thank you, JoJane. Thank you. When somebody's over 100 years old, you better listen when they get ready to talk, I'm going to tell you. Jane is so thoughtful. She brings scriptures and songs and prints out thoughts and stuff and gives it to people every time she comes. She's so, such a